0: That's right. We are with our good friend who is the president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Dr. Rajbans is going to help us go through all these medical articles and tell us whether they're legit or whether they're not. Good morning, Dr. Rajbans. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us for HealthWise this week. Now, um, September is Leukemia and Lymphoma Awareness Month. And we actually recently just lost someone whom we interviewed not too long ago yeah, to the- leukemia. leukemia. She was only 31 years old. Um Generally, right, children are diagnosed with leukemia from when they are born. But what are some of the signs and symptoms to look out for? if an adult were to develop leukemia?
1: I mean, there's a lot of the symptoms can be, you know, signs can be very vague in the beginning, uh, especially in adults, you know, so they have, like, sometimes they get fever or they, you know, just feel tired or loss of weight. Some people present with bleeding because they already have, a, you know, very aggressive sort of leukemia. White cell drop and they get infections so or the platelets can drop and they get uh, some sort of bleeding. So it depends on leukemia because the leukemia, they got two types of lympho. Plus, where the lymphocytes are the one that uh, you know multiply so lymphocytic leukemia or you got the myelocytes the myelocytic leukemia and uh, then you got the acute or chronic and if you look at this thing there's a, so many subtypes you know so you got myelocytic leukemia M1 to M5 there's a whole oh, wow. this thing, you know I am lost touch of, of how the different types of leukemia they are the hematologists are the one who will diagnose this right. you know from the blood film and then from there they will do a bone marrow aspirate and a refined biopsy they call it where they actually take the bone from there and they they come up with all the different stains and they come up with the diagnosis. So very important to get the right diagnosis. important to get it early. The children seem to have a better prognosis. Then the chronic types in old people as adults sometimes is chronic. So they also have a better prognosis. But some of the acute uh, leukemias can be very aggressive. And even with treatment, they can relapse and you know they can succumb to the disease. So leukemia depends on the type. So mm. it's always uh, you know I talk to my hematology friends and they say say hey, how about this patient you know uh, they say oh this one is very aggressive you know the chances are slimmer right but a lot of new therapies coming up a uh, lot of uh, new uh, immunotherapies and also I think the diagnosis early the good uh, you know with the new type of uh, stains and everything they get a better picture of what they're dealing with and the drugs are getting better so I think prognosis wise it is definitely getting better. So important that you, uh, any vague symptoms, any sort of symptoms, fever not going away, some bleeding, getting tired, always going, getting checked up. So that's the whole lymph- leukemia part. Then you got lymphoma. Yeah. Lymphoma what is, is the difference actually? Basically, that is w- the blood cells, the white blood cells that are leukemia, whereas lymphoma is the lymph-, lymph nodes. You know, ah. you get uh, where the lymph nodes, uh, the cells in the lymph nodes start uh, multiplying. So you get, you know, we got lymph nodes all over the body. Mm-hmm. They take the, you know, lymph uh, the limb. So if they get, you get swellings or you can get lymphoma, you know, your liver gets involved, your spleen gets involved because you're part of the same system. So that one, again, same thing. You know, they'll probably do a biopsy, get a diagnosis. Again, they are really different types of uh, lymphomas. You know, again, treatments are improving. So picked up earlier because a lot of my, my hematology friends I have patients that have been there for many years with, you know, they said cure or even you know, regress.
0: Now, doctor, in this article, uh, data spanning more than 11 years suggests that testosterone injections could be a novel treatment for obesity in men. I mean, is this a better alternative to invasive weight loss surgery, you think? (sighs)
1: I think you have to be careful in the sense that first you must measure the testosterone levels. Now, if you're low, te- if men have low testosterone levels, you find that uh, the chance of building up muscle is uh, less harder, and you build up more fat just by giving you testosterone, which is an anabolic sort of a, you know hormone. Uh, it will help you build muscle, and you uh, know make you lose fat. So, so that's what will happen. But if your testosterone is already high, and I think that's where a lot of people had problems because uh, especially bodybuilders, they're not competitive probably because you can't if you are competing then they check and then you yeah, are, of course will yep. be but there are a lot of people who do it more for aesthetics guys want to look good mm. and some they come to me and say doctor can I get some testosterone injection I say no you can't you know because <laughs> I look at your levels first if your levels are normal then I'm giving you something that's going to increase the levels and two high levels of testosterone have their own problems you know you can have water retention you can go into heart failure your your hemoglobin levels can shoot up risk of strokes your prostate gland can you know uh, if you're already prone for prostate enlargement that will get enlarged can even trip you into cancer of prostate so you simply can't Take hormones, you must be very careful. So I got patients who are on testosterone and this because they're in endopause they already got all the features of low testosterone, they are tired, no libido, you know, they're putting on weight, they can't sleep well. You know, they just like some of the menopause symptoms, you know, mm-hmm. they they get sweating, they get depressed, they inject the levels, they're so low and they can't even exercise because they feel so tired. Yeah. So then we supplement them with testosterone help them build up so they start going on exercise program, they start feeling better and sometimes when you exercise, especially if you go into weight training and all that, your levels can go up by themselves and then we can even sometimes stop those uh, you know, testosterone supplements. So, I would be very careful. I wouldn't use testosterone as a weight loss uh, uh, treatment stick back to lifestyle yeah. as the main cause but if you find that you're still having problems you know, losing weight, feeling very tired and you got all the symptoms of andropause, then I would want you to go and check your levels first. And if you're low, then you definitely you, you will benefit. If you're high, don't, don't touch testosterone.
0: Would this work for...
1: <laughs> I'm just putting it out there would this work for women who are hoping to lose weight as well? again you have to be very careful because testosterone is going to give you all the men sort of uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so right? you're going to have uh, hair growth that you don't want you're going to have change of voice that you don't want Yeah, oh, no. you know all that but some women do check their levels and even women also have testosterone and if the levels are very low the testosterone levels are very low then sometimes we can supplement them because you can use things like uh, simple creams and right. all that just to give a little bit extra so the levels go up then they feel
0: Now doctor, in this next study findings which came from experiments with animal models, it highlights how the flu virus can actually travel from the lungs into other systems potentially causing severe illness which means that it is dangerous for pregnant women to get the flu. Why is it that it is dangerous for pregnant women?
1: I mean, uh, in pregnancy, you are basically a bit slightly immunosuppressed, you know, that's how they say, to be careful. Uh, and, uh, you know, any infection in pregnancy, you have to worry because you're not really dealing uh, the, you know, the virus can affect the mother, but also where it can actually affect the baby. Mm-hmm. You know, certain infections like, uh, you know, let's say if you get rubella, it can actually have long-term effects on mm. the baby. Your mom sometimes can be an issue. So same with that, you don't want any viral infection, especially flu. is can be an aggressive virus, you know, and uh, so you get a normal cold, it's normally not so bad. But uh, you know, flu virus can be severe. So that's why you don't want any sort of this infection. But most of the time, I think people with the uh, flu influenza, most likely nothing really happens, but you don't know when they can go into a systemic response and get a severe illness, Mm. right? So that's why we want to prevent uh, someone if possible to be exposed, not to get exposed to influenza because influenza is different from the common cold. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: remember when I was pregnant with uh, Dylan, I got the cold almost every month uh, Mm. and and the doctor actually recommended a flu shot. Uh, Should it be done? Is it the right thing to do to get a flu shot when... I don't know
1: whether it, during pregnancy you want to take a you know because you are injecting a, a, a foreign body again into the you know which, uh, and it takes about 2-3 weeks before the effect anyway it can okay. come it would be good if you want to take it before you get pregnant if you want to take a flu shot and again it's different, difficult isn't it because a flu shot only lasts for a year uh-huh. so let's say if you don't get pregnant and then, you know, you yeah, get yeah, delayed yeah. by a few months and, you know, whether you're, uh, this thing. So I suppose it's just keeping yourself healthy and uh, avoiding uh, people who are not well. There's some of the simple things. Today you can see that all of us are forced to wear masks and sanitize very often, mm. keep our distance. And the rate of infections have dropped a lot. You know, people, children are not coming in with the normal uh, recurrent flus. Uh, Older people are not getting their uh, bronchitis and pneumonia. So it does help. So I think simple measures like this are more important, you know, and then discuss with your doc doctor whether you actually need a vaccine.
0: Okay. In this article, doctor, uh, there's a study that says dengue may lead to some form of immunity against COVID-19. Meaning that if you've had dengue v- before, you might be immune to COVID-19. Um what do you think, doctor? I don't know.
1: I think all this is very <laughs> <laughs> too early to say, isn't it? I mean, you've got a virus that you got an antibody because there are four strains of dengue. So if you get one dengue, you are actually immune to for that. you got an antibody for that mm. strain yeah. forever. So the others you still can get. But whether that antibody now also being a viral antibody also helps you against COVID, we don't know. Okay. Uh, it, it's too early to say. Uh, but, uh, you know, so a lot of people in Malaysia have got dengue before. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's one of the reasons why we are not getting as many pieces. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just guessing here. Uh, but if you give me a chance, uh, I don't want to get dengue also. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you should have seen Dr. Dr. Raspa's <laughs> face when we were actually just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> what is this study, man? you yes. well, your you've husband's gotten dengue before? Yeah,
0: he has. Uh, and it was a pretty bad strain, I think. He was bedridden, actually, yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, but with the increasing number of cases and deaths here in Malaysia due to dengue, Dr. What can we do to minimize our risk I mean, of getting is, this uh, virus?
1: It's just uh, Aedes mosquito. And, you know, again, keeping your area clean, make sure there are no breeding grounds for mosquitoes. This virus comes in when the sun is setting and the sun is going up. That's the time when you should uh, keep all your doors, everything closed. And uh, so keep mosquito repellents and all that. Uh, so that's that's important because it's dengue fight Even country like Singapore keeps on getting dengue yeah. epidemics, yeah. you know, and they are so particular about everything. Uh, the other thing is if you get a fever uh with- Without any other symptoms you know just fever and body aches is always good to go and get it checked up mm. today we got a dengue test that can be diagnosed within the first 24 hours you know you got a dengue antigen uh, test and if you you know dengue can get serious you can get dengue shock and people do die from dengue every year so always be on the lookout fever without any cough cold flu nothing of those sorts and just fever and body ache especially high grade fever they call it actually dengue is called bone breaking fever that means you're, you know, like feel bones. like your bones are really Right. painful so always get it checked uh, you know and uh, ask a doctor check for dengue
0: now this one is slightly worrying thousands of people in northwest china have tested positive for brucellosis it's a bacterial disease after apparently there was a leak at this biopharmaceutical plant i'm a bit worried doctor are we at risk and should we be prepared for another outbreak similar to covid 19
1: I think we are very safe from this one it's uh, one is that you know it's it's by taking you know uh, contaminated milk or fluids this thing so uh, oh, this one was a very rare case you where know, the plant was <laughs> that caused yeah. the yeah. leakage thousands you know? of them though. yeah so uh, of course it can be a serious disease you know acute again, can acute brucellosis can be severe or you know can chronic uh, brucellosis but it's not spread like how COVID is COVID mm-hmm. is just through air you know so anyone can just spread very fast this one is just through contamination and you must drink that contamination. Uh, thing so, uh, all you have to do is uh, you know make sure that you boil all your food and your milk products, and uh, so it's not going to be easily spread. So yeah. Brucellosis can be easily contained, there's no chance of it becoming another COVID like epidemic or pandemic. So, I think that one is okay. It's always that virus, the virus that mm. can spread by air that means someone coughs and he can. Next person can get uh, that, those are dangerous ones because it can very spread fast, very quickly Yeah, just like a flu, you know, H1N1, that was what happened. Uh, anything that oral route, you know, like for example, typhoid and all that, the oral route, so easier to contain, you know, just to get people to boil everything and keep everything clean. And it's not spread just by touch and you know by air so harder to spread those type of uh, disease and bacteria normally harder is the viruses that are you very worried about and especially those by air transmission
0: yeah that's what I was going to ask um, because this is a bacterial infection and the COVID-19 is a viral infection mm-hmm. um, we can treat bacterial infections yeah some better. of that's the
1: other thing bacteria we know uh, you know antibiotics are there we can treat it you can get cured whereas a uh, normal virus like uh, corona no uh, virus don't really have a cure and be a new virus you're not exposed to it so that's why it's causing so much of issues
0: alright but if you do get this how bad does it get
1: if not treated, you can even die. This a 5% mortality, isn't it? So, uh, so you must get diagnosed and treated. What
0: are the symptoms, do you know, doctor, of Again, this? Again,
1: body aches, fevers. You can have a, a severe sort of, a, you know, joint pains, everything. It comes that vomiting, all the, all the normal sort of uh, this thing. And if it gets chronic, it keeps on having recurrent fevers. And then, of course, you get loose appetite. And then it comes to sepsis. So okay. people can get organ failures and they can die from that. Mm. But for now, we
0: we don't have to worry too much because no, it's I only wouldn't. in China. Either. Yeah, I,
1: I think it'll be easily contained. It's not the airborne, so it's easier.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Rushband. Thank you. Always good to have you here with us. You can listen to all our HealthWise podcasts on the Shock app. That's S-Y-O-K.